Welcome all of you risk takers and truth seekers to Podcast Live The Battlefield. You are currently now in Podcast Studio Secret Location. And let's go talk today media. Media in the past, media now, media in the future. And who else better than my guest in studio, Susie Michael. Susie, welcome to the, this secret location. Oh, thank you. It's a very secret location. Is thank this? you very much. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so look, Susie, I don't want to go into depth, you know, me elaborating who you are, but for our audience, today's topic is going to be about media and actually why we need a media today and the future. And you've been all across the media your life career. So who is Susie Michael? And for our listeners, what's the media? Who is Susie Michael and what is media? Yeah. Big question. Susie Michael has been in media and that's all platforms of television, radio, print and digital for the yeah. past 26 or so years. Um, I was nominated for the Young Australian of the Year Award back in the year 2000 oh. for all the work I did in media. And that was all voluntary work that I did at that stage because I was very young. I was only 18. Um, Ian Thorpe won that year, but we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's all. So, so, yes, please. Sorry. So just being across um, all kinds of platforms for so many years, I have come across lots of varying degrees of how media is portrayed, the importance of media, how media is exploited, and also the benefits of media. Um, and we can delve into more of that if you like. No, no. Well, like, look, there's uh, there's so many so many questions we have. Yeah. But so little time because I know you have the busy schedule, and I'm very grateful that you are today in my studio, you know, sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, and insights into media with uh, my audience, which is quite sizable, half a million now. And I know that everyone's gonna have a different questions. But what's the difference in media you're seeing in the past and now? When you talk about 10, 15 years ago, we have the printed newspapers and, you know, the yellow pages and, you know, like all these things. Yeah. Today, everything is on a fingerprint, on a button. What's the difference you're seeing between the journalism media I don't know, 20 years ago and today? Yeah. 20 years ago, like you said, we had the yellow pages, we had the local newspapers, we had the Sydney Morning Herald, the Daily Telegraph. It was delivered to our front door. It's, yeah. it's kind of like going back to the days of the milkman, isn't it, where you walk out the front door and there's the milk right at the front door. They were the good old days in the 80s and, um, yeah. and the 90s. And they were days that at the time it served us well. We didn't have the internet. We didn't yeah. have those facilities around us. We can click a button and find out what's happening. Yeah. So in the day, that was our form of media and that was our form of news collection mm -hmm. and that served us well. As technology increased, that diminished, obviously mm. because of not just environmental factors but practicality and speaking about getting media and fresh content to the audience at that time and at the day. Right now we have immediate news. You find out what is happening immediately to the second and that's really important to know, especially what's happening across the world. Mm. Trying to find out what's happening across the world and print it and have it to your doorstep the next morning, it becomes redundant, it becomes outdated because by the time you turn on the morning news, things have progressed or things have happened. For example, 9-11 was a huge example yes. where it was shown on television in live time. Now, if you were to do that in print, there's no way you'd have all that information and all the updates in print to your doorstep in live time. So there's... That's Wonderful technology to progress media in terms of having it at your fingertips. But then again, you need to be careful because that media can also be updated and changed at any time, which is great. We have our current updates, but it's not in print, which mm -hmm. means what was printed and was accurate at the time of printing, once it reaches the digital platform, can be changed according to whoever the or whatever the author wants to change it to. And this is where it's really important to make sure you have quality media journalists that report accurately and correctly to make sure that that information reaches the audience accurately. 
no funny business of fudging yeah, yeah. figures and fudging statistics yeah. just to have a nice huge article that says, you know, I don't know, 5,000 missing. Like that's that's huge. Yeah. And then at the time when you click on it digitally, it's been updated and says, you know, 2,000 missing and, and another three reported or something small like that. So it's very important to make sure that the stats at the time of reporting don't get washed out and being in print, you've got it there in black and white and being online can be changed at any time. That's just the one downside I would say. But then again, it is a positive thing because you do have that real-time statistics coming through and that's where the importance and accuracy and quality of journalism you receive is really important. So make sure you, you listen and you tune into those important media outlets that are known to have accurate reporting. Guys, you heard of Susie. So Susie, <laughs> you're the editor-in-chief. Did I say this properly? Editor-in-chief or yeah. chief in editor? Editor-in-chief. Editor okay, yeah. editor-in-chief <laughs> of the great um, newspapers called the Keeping, uh, Lo News, Keeping Local. News Local. Keeping News Local. Yeah. And uh, what advice would you give to businesses regarding the importance of media in their marketing and communication strategies when it comes, let's say, the newspapers as a keeping news local. Yeah. What is that? What do you, what do you see as the most important message that people still need to be in the printed media as you're keeping news local? What the business marketing strategies and the sales processes and yeah. Right. So obviously it depends on what type of business you run. Are you a local business or a national or even a global business? If you're a local business, definitely looking at things like your local paper and your local community outlets, that's a big win for you. And attending local events because you are then seen in the presence of the community. So if that is the type of business you are, always make sure that you cater to your audience and that you are out in the correct demographic for your audience. Yes. If you're, say, a national or even a global, obviously online, no doubt about it, digital is the way to go, whether it's social media, websites, um, all kinds of platforms, doing um, things like this, like engaging with other community members and taking up their services. So if people want to come and record their own podcast to talk about their services, they can come to you, Mario, for example, talk about um, their services or, or hire out a studio or, or take out an ad in the paper, whatever they can do to enhance that marketing. And then they can cater to that audience being national or global. They would obviously want something that is applicable yeah. with a with an online or digital platform. So it just depends what type of business you are. Obviously, if you're a local uh, small business, as I said, local communities is the way to go and looking at things like your local newspaper and being involved in your local chamber of commerce or being involved in local events or um, booking sessions like this and enhancing your marketing is a really positive way to enhance your business online and be seen, have that chance of being seen online. Chance of being seen online. Mm. Because I know that the, 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 the magazines, you know, being glossy magazines, sort of phasing out, but people are still reading their local newspapers. Mm. I can see, you know, in coffee shops, you can, whatever you walk, people will grab those things and carry with them. And I know something from my personal experience, and even today, if I really want to search for some business, you know, you can go online, but most of the time it's actually that newspapers, you know, there's some ad, or then you meet some new business person, you know, you run the the interview. The, I think that it's, it's a beautiful thing it is that we still need to have the community tied up around the new local newspapers. So, like, congratulations on this one. Now, let's go talk about tricky questions. Mm -hmm. Accountability of journalists, everybody calls themselves journalists now on social media, mm -hmm. and the true journalists like yourself, you know, what's the difference, you know, me being the journalist on social media one day, one week, you know, as you know, we saw rising of many people calling themselves the journalists. In reality, they were not journalists, just uh, somebody who just have opinion. And the true journalists like yourself and the staff working for you, what is the difference? I'm going to sound old, 
back in the day okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I did journalism. <laughs> Guys, all last century, so like, yeah, so, yeah. So back in the day. Yes, yeah. <laughs> When, when I was a uni student studying journalism, we had the old-fashioned paper and pen writing essays. Okay. Um, it took time. We were using our hands. We were using our eyes and tangible assets. We went to the library, pulled out books. We opened them up. We had resources that we went through. Yeah. We collaborated with each other. These are using all of the senses of your body, your mind, your eyes, your, your ears, your hands, yeah. everything into producing the kind of essays and quality work that you need to produce as a journalist. So it's incorporating your entire being into writing something. A lot of those senses are cut back these days. Okay. People are clicking and looking on the screen. There's no engagement with anyone. There's no collaboration. There's no physically going to a library, pulling out a book and researching, which yes. is very important to incorporate in the entire function of the brain. Yes. Yeah. You're talking about the frontal lobe of the brain and the cortex in the back. Every part of that brain is now stimulated by you yeah. simply going to a library and physically researching and clicking on articles and, and, and doing things online. Do not engage the entire part of the brain. And by shutting down parts of the brain and not, igniting them and making them come alive with the, all of the senses of the body. Right. By doing that, you're limiting how your brain functions. And by limiting how your brain functions, you don't produce quality work. And by not producing quality work, your quality writing as a journalist is undermined by other traditional techniques that have happened. Yeah. So journalists these days, when they research, I'm not saying there's anything bad with doing things yes. online. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying this. I'm, I'm just saying, saying all, yeah. I'm just elaborating the point of back in the day when it was a lot more hands-on compared to now. When you look at the quality of reports that came out 30, 40 years ago, you can see a huge difference. For one thing, grammar. The grammar of journalists these days to do with me. The, the grammar that you see in articles these days where I've, I've read articles and thought, how are you writing this in such a prominent publication when it's filled with grammatical errors? What do you think? Why is that? And I just think simply they're using apps and using online tools. And these apps and AIs and online tools are not as accurate as someone who truly knows their grammar and knows the study of journalism and the study of the English language. And there is nothing that beats knowledge. So okay. be be wise, be knowledgeable, study up, read a lot, read, read a, lot. a lot of good quality publications, whether they're books or whether they are articles or whatever it is, just read a lot because that increases as well your English language, your vocabulary, your attention to detail. It increases your uh, reading is a fantastic thing to do. Uh, actual reading a book, by the way, no scrolling. Really? Because by okay, reading yes, a book, yes. again, you're engaging the senses of the hands and that, that, that senses of the hands then relates the brain, it makes the brain turn on and say, I am engaged in something. When it is a screen as such and you do not have the effort of turning the page and being actively engaged in something and you are merely more like a spectator, the brain can start to shut down. That's why people say, oh, I read when I go to bed and it helps me sleep. They're sleeping because their brain is not really engaged. They can still sleep with a book oh, in that's their a, hand. That's, that's a new one. So like that's the difference between when you're reading a book, you're yeah. with the brain because you brain says, I'm in control. Absolutely. I How can you stimulate your, your the hands and the functions yeah. and say that is not as stimulating as just looking at a screen? You're more than welcome to read off a screen, off whatever they are, and, and scroll and swipe. But that action becomes so mundane and so every day the brain says, oh, this again, it's clicking and swiping. It's become a common action. When you are actually reading something and physically engaging your entire being into reading, those parts of the brain that get switched on 
allow you to become more engaged in that content. And that's why that's really important. So that's interesting. Journalists that want to be real journalists engage more. I'm not saying it's old-fashioned or traditional. I'm not saying don't embrace technology. I'm just saying mix it up. Don't be completely one way or the other, but mix it up. Allow your brain to have the opportunity to benefit from technology, but also benefit from being involved and immersed in physical actions of reading and researching and collaborating with others. That's a really important point, to collaborate with a team. And that's another thing. When journalists work from home or it's remote work, it's yes. just them. tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, What's the difference between working, <laughs> let's just say, in your office as a journalist yes. and you surrounded with yourself with a, with a editor-in-chief, uh, you know, the other peers in your office, or when you're at home and you wake up, I don't know, 7.30 in the morning, it's like, oh, my God, I just have a coffee. What's today going to write? Oh, I'm going to write today about... Uh, there's no toilet paper uh, during pandemic. So what's the difference between working on individual level or, you know, in a team? How this affect uh, productivity of some journalists? Absolutely. And whether it's in writing or whether it's even in radio or television or whatever it is, mm-hmm. being surrounded by a team is is crucial when you're in media. Let's take the example of a journalist okay. writing from home. As yeah. you said, they wake up in the morning, they have a coffee, they kind of scroll around and go, what's <laughs> happening today? What's going on? They might make a couple of phone calls. They might have a Zoom meeting and that's it. Okay. Where's the rest of their team for the day? Where is the engagement in conversation? How's your wife? How's your kids? What's happening with you? Have you seen your boyfriend lately? What's happening in their world? And Where is that engagement and why is that important? Because from conversations comes more conversations and from further conversations comes more information. So someone might be in the office, for example, collaborating with a few team yeah. members and one of them says, did you hear about the, the guy next door? He's saying that the local corner <laughs> shop, you know, ran out of toilet yeah, paper yeah. again. Oh, really? What's going on there? Is there like a shortage? or what? That, that invokes that kind of conversation because you are in the community collaborating with other people. But if you're stuck in four walls at home, you have no idea what the guy in the corner store is doing. You have an engaging conversation with him. The truth is that I I, I have the I incline to uh, agree with you uh, towards this one, particularly the when you're working from home. And I truly believe that the last three years uh, during the 100 year event we had, there's a lot of people online writing the articles, call themselves journalists and all these things. And then as soon as the pandemic was over, it was just like phew, gone. Right, pubs open, hotels open, travelings. 90% of the people who used to be write something online, they disappear. And I said to myself, well, you talk to the people, engage on a daily basis, you write articles and everything else, but it's individual. It's opinion. You know, it's a, how much opinion, how much facts it's necessary for the journalism? It needs to all be factual. No, okay. If you are writing an opinion column, that is different. Okay. But if you are writing a piece or an article that is giving information, educating your audience. It must be based on research and facts. Go out and get quotes, interview people, find out what the statistics are, why, how come, what what, what made this happen. It's a lot of delving into research, more communication with people. This is, again, the essential core of journalism are people. You need to go to university Talking. to learn these things. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you know, don't, 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 don't call yourself a journalist just because you want to write an opinion. As Susie says, you know, there's a difference between journalism and writing the opinion column, which leads me to another question. Now, there's a suzymichael.com.au uh, website. I'm going to put in the comment section below. Feel free to contact Susie on any time if you need a need or some assistance or help. And I want to ask you something. Let's take personal me. I want to appear on TV. 
how the people can appear TV, you help them there, or you know what training they need before they go on TV. So everybody has a dream. I want to be celebrity. I want to be the public speaker. I want to be. I want to crush the you know like millions of people in front of my under my feet. But when moment comes to come on TV, everybody's like, mm, mm, you know, obviously have the a lot of problems in the stomach and the head and the panic attacks. So how do you helping people to achieve the dream to present themselves very well on a big screens? You said something really important. Did I, I want. I know. Okay. I- <laughs> You always say important things, Mario. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You said, I want to be a celebrity. I want to be seen yes. on TV. Yeah, I take it to myself example. Now, so like nobody else. No, like, no, I want to come to you, Susie. I want to be a celebrity. I want to be that whatever I said. But I don't know how to present okay. on TV. But you know what? You're not the first person to ask me this question. Okay. Many people ask me. And it got me thinking, people want to be seen. Yes. People want to be heard. But is television the way to do it? If you want to be seen and you want to be heard, don't have the traditional ways that television is the only way to be seen and heard. Yeah. It is a, a powerful way to be seen and heard, and that can be your enemy too. So be very careful when you tread on the shores of media because if you don't know how to present, if you don't know what you're doing and you just want to be seen and be heard and be famous, you're not going to survive in media. Media is there. Media is there for, number one, talented people who have acting abilities, singing abilities, and and they want to share that with the world and they have that talent, great. Media is going to help them get there. If you're a person that just wants to be famous and be seen and be heard, television is not the way to do it. There are many forms these days in technology. You can do online television. And online television, streaming, yes. as they call it, is becoming more and more popular and we're finding that mainstream media, even in America, this is the trend now, is not becoming very popular. People oh, really? are not paying for their um, their channels, their pay TV channels. Well, yeah. In Australia, when you have your major channels, the major networks, and they have all these offshoots and different shows that keep coming up, it's the same shows that have been done over again but just a different flavour or a different host or a different cast with a different name. But it's essentially the same storyline. Yeah. And people don't tune in to mainstream TV a lot of the time because, number one, it's on at a certain time of the day and that's your chance to see it and that's it. Streaming, people want to sit and binge watch. People want to watch the whole episode. They want to sit and watch the entire season. They want to watch the next episode, one after the other, on their time. What if I can't watch it at 7pm in the evening? I'm doing night shift. I'm a nurse on night shift. Yeah, that's interesting. What do they do? They go on streaming. They go online. And so digital and online is becoming the trending and upward platform for being seen and being heard. And if digital is the online trending platform, television's not the only platform on digital. You've got your social media. Social media is very powerful. Social media, you can put in some money, get your dollars up for Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Get a YouTube channel. Same thing, promote yourself on YouTube. You have your own TV channel, which is YouTube. And by using the different kinds of varying platforms online, you will find that you are seen and heard. And people who have started this way, Instagram influencers, um, didn't start out as influencers. They started as Instagrammers, being seen and being heard. Because they have a, not saying all, but most of them have a talent, have a knack, have something that people want to listen to, people want to engage with and people love seeing them on, that's how they became more and more popular, by being in their face more, being seen, heard, being yeah. heard more and, and talking to their audience on a regular basis. And by doing that, they didn't go straight to television, mainstream TV. They did online. 
And by doing the online platform and being seen and being heard regularly, they eventually became an influencer, a person of note, a person who is noteworthy, um, a person with a name, a celebrity, as you call them. That is the way that's to my, that's travel. My, that's my hidden agenda, you know, being celebrity. <laughs> but how do you help the people to to present better? How, how do you um, apply your knowledge? You know, that's a, some type of training or webinars. People come to you, it's like, okay, we all like to be on be seen, right? But that's a, one thing with the YouTube I, I learned. Everybody wants to be on YouTube, had a video, but that first video, everybody's afraid to post because what people going to think, going to say. And I come back to the same explanation. Your first video, nobody going to see it. You know what I mean? You're going to improve yourself. But how we can be more professional to appear on TV through your, through your services? How do you help people to become more uh, better presented, better spoken, better, uh, you know, uh, you know, how to use the light or whatever it is. You know? mm. yeah. So there's different kinds of media training. It depends what you want. Yeah. As for myself, I've definitely undergone some media training and that depends on whether it's an interview style, is it a presenting style, is it an MC style, am I the, the keynote speaker oh, so it's or something. All differences there. All different okay, kinds so <laughs> because tele- television is, yeah. is different to live presenting. So a TED Talk style, you're walking the stage, you're using your hands a lot and you're leaning in and leaning out. You mm. don't do that in television. So presenting styles vary. It depends what kind of presenting you want to do and 100% I'd recommend that you get media training, definitely. Okay. If that's but the, you can if help that's the way you want to go. Right? You can help people who want to be trained, you can help them, right? I can help or I can connect you with other people. So if I can't do the type of training you need, yeah. definitely I'll connect you to the right people. There's right. a whole world out there for training and I highly recommend you do that because that's your image out there. Yeah. Tell me what most common thread of mistakes you see that people doing on social media try to present. You know, new info. So called like I, I know like just a one or two, but let's go call them influencers. You seeing, you know, I mean, and influencers come come and goes. That's a, you know, I can see from my personal point of view, I can see that a lot of people I used to be following during the during the pandemic. Now they don't exist anymore. They're gone somewhere, right? They've disappeared. And I can understand it was a time of the lockdowns, people sit at home, they produce the content. But content today is becoming more uh, aggressive or either funnier or either more daring. And most of these daring actions actually end up you know, in, 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 in tragic events, just people to get the views. But let's just say if you have somebody who is like middle life man like myself, midlife crisis. Like. <laughs> <laughs> midlife crisis, Mario. <laughs> okay, middle-aged man like me, 50 years old, 40 years old man, and decided you know, to venture into this this. Um, this new, you know, media, social media platforms. What do you see the biggest mistakes we are doing? Biggest mistakes would be, I think they have an idea and they just want to share it and okay. they don't have the end in mind and the end is uh, the viewer, the audience. Yes. What do the audience want to see? What do the audience want to know about? What are you offering them? Why would they want to watch you? Initially it could be something new and different and quirky and that's great. But when that's done and dusted, then what? Why are they going to keep watching you? That's a good thing. Okay, so <laughs> how do you help the people to discover what is, you know, not just the niche, but what the audience wants? How do you assist somebody to get to that that point? Well, I provide a platform okay. for people to be seen, be heard, and okay. showcase themselves. 
Okay. And that platform is a, a show that I produce. Okay. So if they're interested, um, I obviously vet them and go through some questions and say, well, why you? Why would people want to watch you? Yeah. We go through a few questions. Um, for example, um, I've interviewed an influencer on one of my previous um, episodes. Mario Beck is not a influencer. I'll be Coming soon, Mario Beckers. We're going to wipe him or her out, okay? Please continue. Sorry. You're so cheeky, you know. So in one of my previous episodes, I've interviewed uh, an influencer. Mm. Now, there are so many influencers out there. Why her? What makes her so different? She had a unique story to tell, a personal journey, and she shared her personal journey through her Instagram. Her personal journey was cancer and it was cervical cancer. And it's the silent killer that a lot of people don't know about until it's too late. And so her journey resonated with not just a lot of women, but men whose wives had also been impacted by this. And because she had such a a huge following and a powerful status online and Instagram, her story was not only seen and heard, but she had more people tuning in and engaging with her saying, I feel the same, or I also also felt this pain, or I also had these symptoms, or how did you figure this out? And by her engaging with her audience, it's not just an icon of beauty and fashion and makeup. She's human. She has a a health condition that she shared bravely and openly and was very raw about it with her entire thousands upon thousands of followers. That's 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 what made her stand out and so unique for me to interview. She wasn't just an influencer. She was an influencer that... Let, her, let down her shield and said, I'm human too and this is what I'm going through. She didn't hide behind the perfection perfection of social media, which a lot of influencers do, and all the filters and all the thank you to hashtag Vogue, hashtag Nova, hashtag whoever, <laughs> for the wonderful shoes and bag. Yeah. It's lovely to do a shout out to your sponsors. But at the end of the day, she was human and she shared that journey and that's why she was so special. So obviously I provide that platform for people to come and say, this is my story. This is why I think people would be interested to hear my story and I want to connect with your audience, Susie. I want to connect with them and educate them, give them insight, give them some sort of hope, give them an idea of how something affected my life or my life in general and how that can then apply to them. Or they might just be interested in a celebrity story if it's a celebrity. They might just be interested in hearing about personal details about this celebrity's life and this celebrity's grandchildren or Mm. or family affairs. And it's something lovely to share to say, yeah, these celebrities are humans too. These celebrities have lives too because we forget that sometimes when they're up on the silver screen. That's interesting. I have a personal question. It's Mm. a personal question which, of course, many viewers will like to hear it, Mm -hmm. answer. I'm witnessing... um, a lot of public speakers, a lot of influencers and um, people appearing on uh, social media. Every time when I uh, watching their videos and their content, there's a always opening statement about their life, which this sob story. My life was not, but my my life was bad. My dad didn't love me. My mom, she's going with a plumber. You know what I mean? We have no car and everything else. I'm trying to understand why the people are falling for that sob story instead of like, so like, okay, we all have their life. I can relate to your life or you can relate to my life. But why the sob story sells, you know, content, that sad thing, you know, my life was poor me. Sob stories do sell. Not a lot of the time, but yes, they do. And it's purely because (laughs) 
human emotion. Okay, so emotions, yeah. Um, if you have had a hard life and someone else has also had a hard life, yeah. probably worse than you, they'll probably look and go, so what? Yeah. That's, that's all that happened to you? Yeah. Do you want to know what happened to me? Yeah, and I think people <laughs> love playing the victim because they tug on those heartstrings with emotion. And I think playing a victim a lot of the time and sharing more sob stories than resilience and how you overcame them, which is the real secret that people want to hear about, not the actual sob story. They want to hear the resilience part and how you overcame that. Hearing people talk about the sob stories as we say them, as yeah. we call them, everyone's got a sob story. And yes. so playing the victim of a sob story is not going to gain you people that are mm. going to follow you. Mm. Have you ever heard of a famous influencer or an Instagram or someone, of a celebrity, and they're famous because of a sob story? It's the... It's the power in the success that makes them who they are. For example, from rags to riches. They don't focus on the rags. They focus on how they got to the riches. How do they, how do they come from one part of their life, their sob story part of their life, to the other? How did that moment happen? They call it the aha moment. Aha moment. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the aha moment, that realisation yeah. of this is the situation I'm in. How am I going to better my life? How am I going to overcome this? Where is that resilience? Where is that determination, that grit? Where is that power within? How am I going to overcome this? And a lot of people find it hard to find that power within or their situation simply doesn't allow it. Physically, they are unable to allow it. For example, I interviewed an incredible woman. She lost her legs to malaria and sepsis. And she actually said to me, who gets malaria these days? And you know what? She caught malaria doing humanitarian work, trying to, to help, others. help others. And so she could focus on that and say, well, why me? I was doing humanitarian work because of my wonderful heart trying to help these poor girls who get raped on the other side of the world in third world countries. I've lost my legs and I'm now stuck in a wheelchair. She almost lost her life. She was a 2% chance of survival. 2%. She should, she should not have survived. She doesn't talk a lot about the sob story part, mm. but she then focuses on, yes, I'm a single mum and I'm the only real support that my, my son has. But from her point of, I'm going to say a low life yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. what people yeah, yes, think. Yeah. It's the lowest point in your life you can go. It's when you're almost dead, right? Yes. When you lose your limbs. She went through over 40 surgeries in years. My God, eh? It's just been an incredibly physically demanding, heartbreaking journey for her. She doesn't cry and sob about what happened. She says it with a smile and says, I do fencing and I now travel the world and I'm a TED speaker and I represent this organisation. I'm an ambassador for this organisation. She wants the world to know about her, her, the work that she had originally started and said, that's what I want to keep doing. I want to keep doing humanitarian work and no amount of malaria or sepsis or being stuck in a wheelchair is going to stop me. That's the grit and determination that people want to hear this about. Mine. This is not a sob story. No. This is somebody who's, how did you call the aha moment? It's it's like that somebody, you know, wiped out all this negati- negative um, exp- life experience and continue, you know, I mean, with the, with the look at, look at me. Like obviously, you can notice somebody has no legs. So, how people can enroll in your on your platform, you know, I mean, to be seen and be heard. Get in touch with me. <laughs> Go Which on the is website. Michael.com.au, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Michael.com.au, and um, just click on get in touch with me or book now, and just write what you want from me. 
And yeah. um, I'll be happy to reach out to you and have a chat. Oh, Susie, thank you very much for being my guest today on A Life to Butterfield. And I truly I appreciate that you found the time today to be here with me. Um, Editor-in-chief of the Keep Keeping News Local and as well, susiemichael.com.au. So like all of you guys who are looking to become the, you know, more influencing, to be not influencers only, but to influence the social media, to know how to present, how to talk, how to be the media darling. I love that expression. That's, say, everybody, when I meet Susie, say, it's a media darling. It's like, oh. The I media even, darling. Yeah, and I don't even know what that means. <laughs> People say, that sounds good. I say, I know. I oh, say, I love it, Mario. Um, You're an so this is, my, this is my aha moment. SusieMichael.com.au. I'm going to put in comment section below uh, Susie details. So feel free. Contact Susie. Do not hesitate. Be seen, be heard. Start somewhere. I truly believe you have a story. But you know how to get that story out. Susie's going to help you to you get with your message to the broader public. Susie, thank you very much for my guest today. Oh, Murray, it's been an absolute pleasure. As always, yeah, you're an absolute you. ball of laugh to be with and I love your energy and <laughs> your, your good value. Your good value. Thank you, Susie. <laughs> Susie, my website. This looks good. Actually, it's like...